This Choircast podcast is brought to you by The Joy of Letting Go by Kevin Sweeney. When one of the great living mystics, Richard Rohr, writes, all great spirituality is somehow about letting go. Do we just skim by it and look for the next great quote? Or do we allow this truth to utterly change our relationship with God, humanity, and reality itself? And if we accept letting go as the key to transformation, the question becomes how? How is each life-altering step of the spiritual journey somehow about letting go? Well, my new book, The Joy of Letting Go, is the answer to that question. My dream is that everyone who reads this will open up to the possibility that to engage everything from the concrete to the cosmic and from the tiniest arguments with your partner to the biggest social tragedies of our time without losing our joy, we have to learn how to let go. Welcome to Apostates Anonymous, the show you turn to when you're no longer an evangelical. With your hosts, hosts authors Keith Giles and Matthew J. DiStefano. everybody welcome back to your favorite show it's apostates anonymous with your hosts myself matthew j distefano and keith giles the two co-authors co-co-co-owners co-author owners of choir publishing <laughs> owner authors the whole owner thing. authors of choir publishing yes the whole that's nine us. yards yes welcome welcome everybody to the apostates anonymous podcast get ready it's going to be a fun one it's going to be a good one. We we landed on a um, a response video in a way. It's not it's not a not a video of something. It's a a two sentence tweet. Oh, we're going to respond to that today. It's going to be gonna good. We're going to milk it. We're going to milk that two sentence tweet for an we're hour. We're going to milk the tweet <laughs> like a teat. Ah, Lord have mercy. It's been a it's been a busy one. I don't know about for you. Oh yeah, yeah. It's uh, I'm actually even as we're doing this podcast in my mind, I have like I'm, I have a mental list of things that I have to check off. I know I have you know to what that. I've you know what I've realized is I need one of those like big ass computer screens that I can go like two screen deal, you know. I have two I'm screens. Doing... I have two screens, yeah. You do? How does yeah. that work out for you? It's lovely, isn't it? It is. It's great. I honestly now I can't imagine not having two screens. Yeah, so I think I need to do that. Um I need to up my my game here cuz I'm now the guy with 7000 tabs open all the time. <laughs> yes. <It> sucks. <laughs> yes. It. It's not. Uh, very but anyway, efficient. let's um before we get into it today, let's hear. We haven't figured this problem out. We we don't have a repeat sponsor. We have a new sponsor, yeah. again, yet yeah, again, another is- an, yet another new sponsors. I mean, on the one hand, I think it's really encouraging how we have an, an endless stream of people coming eager. Right. They're eager to become a sponsor to this podcast because I mean, think Heretocapier. You know, it's difficult to find sponsors, but. For some reason, Apostates Anonymous, it's not difficult at all. People are lining up. We have, you could just check the email. I mean, we have so many people saying, please, you know, uh, we want to sponsor your show. So we're grateful for the sponsorships. We're grateful that there's always so many. For some reason, they never seem to want to come back and do a second show, but but whatever, we'll take it. Am I allowed to say that we're sluts with it? We, like we, we are. 
<laughs> we are we are podcast whores, basically. <laughs> whores. Whores. All right. Um, <laughs> let's get into the sponsor today. Hi, my name is Buster Slugworth, and I'm a long haul trucker. Before I became a born again Christian, I used to cuss up Blue Street from here to Sunday. But once I gave my heart to Jesus, I knew I needed to change. That's why I'm so glad I found Sweetwater Language Institute. In just three short weeks, I learned to clean up my foul mouth and express myself without dropping F-bombs. Hello, friends. This is Beulah Tinklesmith, founder and CEO of the Sweetwater Language Institute. Since 1995, our trained professionals have been working to help people like Buster transform their yucky body mouth into a sparkling fountain of positivity. Using our patented reconditioning electrotherapy, you'll undergo a series of psychological re-education procedures designed to burn away the parts of the language center in your brain where bad words are stored and redirect your behavioral speech responses to respond with an entirely new set of acceptable terms so you'll be talking like a real Christian before you know it. And the results are astounding. Get out of my way, you galdern nutcracking candy face banana clogger. Holy frick, you cheese flubbing sack of toe jam. Who taught you how to drive? Kiss my dongle crack, you butt munching monkey loving dingleberry. Oh, come on, you mother flipping son of a biscuit. Use your dang turn signal. Visit www.sweetwaterlanguage.net today and be sure to use the promo code FRICKOFF for an extra 10% off your first lesson. Because salty water doesn't come from a fresh spring, and foul language shouldn't spring from the mouth of God gave you. Finally. Wow. Definitely our longest sponsor. (laughs) Well, that's the podcast, everybody. Maybe we need. Maybe we need to have time limits. <laughs> well, I, I I saw you sent over the audio for me, and I was like, oh, a minute fifty three. Okay, all right. Well, you know, this may be one of the most appropriate sponsors I think we've ever. We should have. Where were they like five years ago? We could have uh, could have cleaned up our act. I mean, all those people, all those people that are so offended, you know. We could have been uh, we could have been using appropriate language from the Sweetwater Institute. Do you remember when we had the idea to have mm. a um, like a yes. censored edition? We're going to publish two podcasts: the Heretic Happy Hour and then the parental clean. like clean version. Yeah, and and because and I think out by, the cusses. Yeah, by like episode three or episode four, we had people no that were like, uh, and I and some of them were friends of mine. They were like, <clears throat> "I'm so offended, Keith. I can't believe you would be on a show like this." And, and use this kind of language. It's just so offensive. Just wait you know? till 2023, my friends. <laughs> right. And then, um, so then we were, we debated it internally, right? It was me and you and Jamal and Ralph. And we we're like, okay, what can we do about this? You know, how do we, and of course, part of it was like, screw these people. Too bad. You don't like it. Don't listen. But then we're like, well, all right, but let's kind of call their bluff. Because what they're saying is that they would prefer uh, the Heretic Happy Hour or our podcast. Um where we we say the exact same things, but we just remove the language. So we actually did create. I think I think Ralph went and edited out the, like the first three or four episodes, created clean versions of them, right? And nobody downloaded them. Nobody. There was nope. zero downloads. Zero downloads. Yep. So we just called their bluff and we said, "Yep, nope, that's bullshit. You actually, you just won't. You just are trying to get us to conform 
to your ideas of what you think is acceptable. And we just decided, nope, we're not going to do that. Eat shit, assholes. <laughs> Speaking of oh. assholes, we have um, we have a a guest today, current Theo bro, mm. the, the a bearded one. He probably uses biblical beard oil. Biblical beard oil. I hope oil, he yeah. uses Theo the beard. promo code we gave. Yeah, theobeards.com. Yeah. Theobeards.com. <laughs> So here's his tweet today, Today, 17 hours ago as of recording this. Mm. Fresh, hot you're, off hot off the tweets. Hot off the pressers. You're not, quote unquote, non-binary, period. You're just a narcissist, period. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> oh, and that was from who? Matt Walsh. Matt Walsh, everybody's favorite Matt Theo bro. Matt Walsh. It's like at this point, it's so obvious that right wingers like him, Christian conservatives, they're so obsessed with other people in this way, like gay yeah. people, trans people, non-binary people. Yeah. Like why? I'm not. I don't. I'm not even mad that he tweeted that anymore. I'm not mad at the, anything people say anymore. I don't. I don't get mad. Like I'm not surprised. I'm just curious, man. Like, why why are you so obsessed with certain communities? Like, what about it affects your life so much that you have to always say some shit? Right. It's just bo like boring. Like, go make something interesting, dude. Like, there's just so many like mindless trolls, like, oh yeah, you're a narcissist. Like, how what? Who are you talking to when you say that? Like, right. It's, it's weird, man. It's a weird obsession. Yeah, I can't help but think some of them are protesting way too much, but Right. No, that's right. It's like the, um, it, it does, it does make you stop and wonder when you see some of these things like, man, what, so what made this person like they woke up this morning and you know, they, they got out of bed, they brushed their teeth, they combed their hair, they, they, they got their coffee and their breakfast, they got ready for their day. And then they said, you know what? I think I need to, I think I need to tweet something about, uh, non-binary people. I also love when they tweet things like um, Jesus wouldn't use pronouns. And it's like, well, G didn't Jesus say I am he? I am. <laughs> I can literally I go am the way, the, the truth, and the life. I mean, go yeah, I am he. Um, it's right there. Dude, it's pull like up the Bible. Where's the Bible? <laughs> Do I got a Bible around here? Bible. What should we use? Should we use the King James Bible? Sure. You know, everyone's the, the God's approved version, of course. All right. Um, when's the first pronoun used in Genesis 1? Um, Figured it would be in the first chapter. You would think. I don't have my Bible handy. I would, I would flip it over there. Yeah, it's... But it's, it's not... It's, it's, it's pretty early on where God is identified as... Well, God like, does say we, and Genesis doesn't say we. after they fall. You know, let, you know yeah. Let us make man in I know let our us. let us us make man in our image, right? That's right. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like, what do you do? You know, it goes back like, has our education system failed so much where people they they don't know what a pronoun is? Like they they're yelling at other people. You don't know what a woman is. It's like, bro, you don't even know what a pronoun is. Right. I also have seen really great um, responses to some of those when they say things like that, like. I know I like, you know, if I refuse to call someone by 
a, a different name than the name that they were born with, right? So right. if someone says, you know, like I, you know, my parents gave me this name, you know, Bill, and uh, but I'm I'm I, I decided now I want to go by the name, you know, Sandra or something, right? Oh, I, I refuse, I refuse to do that. You know, it's like, well, okay, but you have no problem calling John Wayne, John Wayne, even though that's not his real name. You know, he, he changed his name, right? There's all these famous actors and performers, you know, Bob Dylan's name isn't Bob Dylan, but you don't have a problem saying Bob Dylan. You don't insist on calling him Zimmerman, whatever his real name was. Like Cassius Clay, Muhammad Cassius Ali. Clay. Exactly. How often do you say, no, I refuse to say Muhammad Ali. I'm going to say, say Cassius, Cassius Clay every time. No, no, right, no. Sure. You, you do. Maybe if you're like, you're trying to be, like pretentious, right? <laughs> about something right. like yeah, you're. But no, no one calls him Cassius Clay. That's right, and so yeah, obviously, yes, you are willing, on on select occasions, mm-hmm. to honor someone's wishes to say, "I am no longer known by this name; I am known by that name." Right. You also use they them for singular people. You do it yes. all the time. What time they get there? Yeah. Oh, they got there. They got there five minutes late. That's not that bad. You just right. said they twice about one person. About one person. Whether or not they even said they were, they wanted right. you to use they, right? Right, right, exactly. You do it just it's in just, your comment. Like, but why do you care so much? Like, just go through, think through your day. What did a non-binary person do to you, Matt? Like, what? <laughs> like, who didn't hug you as a kid, man? Like, why are you, why do you care so much? I'm fascinated those, by it. It's those damn non-binaries, man. You Man, know? they fucked my day up every day. I'm, <laughs> like, st- I'm still in the line. I was at the grocery store and I was Some trying- they, to- them came up and punched me in the kidneys again yeah. every day, man. Yeah, I'm pumping gas and I'm like, damn, those non-binaries. <laughs> they threw a racial slur at me. They called me a white <sighs> male. Oh my God. Those <laughs> bastards. Wait, they're, not gotta- doing, like, they're not doing that. I don't. None of the ones I know. I must know all the good ones. Right. <laughs> like all, the re- all the rest of them must be like, they're so- I just don't get it. There's so much shit in the world. You're right. like, and I, I mean, I just don't get what that group of people did to him to, or is it just like, I got to get some numbers. Cause you look at the numbers, 3.5 million people saw this tweet. And liked it. Yeah. Well, see how many likes there are. 44,000 people liked it. That's gnarly. That's worse. There's always going to be the Matt Walsh's of the world. The problem is that this dude's got 1.3 million followers and they're not all hate following him. Yeah, dude. I mean, and so, you know, I don't know if we, I think we've talked about stuff like this before, but this is what I see as part of the the problem uh, where I believe this mindset comes from is um, anyone who makes it their um, business or just decides, you know, they're going to, they're going to speak out against certain people. And I've seen this so many times on, in many different ways, right? So I've seen, you know, um, conservative Christians, some of them are friends of mine, you know, make statements either just verbally in a conversation or, or sometimes yes on social media um, and things like, you know, all um, like all Muslims, they want to impose Sharia law and uh, overthrow the constitution and they want to take away our freedoms and they hate America and all this stuff. Right. Or, you know, or they'll say um, all homeless people are lazy and they're all lying to you and they're all just going to take the money you give them. They're going to buy drugs and alcohol. You don't give them money because they're all, they're all just, you know, shady and they're all lying to you, whatever. Um, Or, you know, anytime that kind of language is used, 
um, when one person is talking about a different, a group of people that is different from them, who look different than them, believe different, dress different, behave different, you know, act different, they're, they're in the other category, right? And anyone who says those people are all blank, you can only talk that way if you don't actually have any relationship and connection with or friendship with someone who is gay or trans or intersex or bi or homeless or Muslim or fill in the blank, right? Um, There's a level of ignorance that informs that 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 kind of talk and that gives you some sort of assumed permission to speak about an entire people group that you do not know. You are not acquainted with them. You have not spent time with them. You have not had a conversation with them. You've not had anyone in that group come and sit at your table and share a meal with them. You've not listened to their story because you really were curious. And yet you have given yourself permission to say all of these people that I have never met or gotten to know or spent any time with, let me tell you all about them. Well, and when he does, like when he did that, what is a woman documentary, when he does talk to them, he has such a, uh, such a, um, an agenda and not a curiosity. You can tell when someone does not have a good faith curiosity. No. And that's the problem is like, when you do talk to people, you're out, you're out to pin them in a certain way. Right. Because you don't want to, you don't want to actually understand them or, no, or leave any sort of room for, you know. Yeah, you being wrong or having some empathy and, mm. you know, hey, maybe maybe their, their experiences aren't the same as my experiences. And that's why we, you know, that's need right. to reevaluate it. But they don't, you know, Matt Walsh, people don't, they don't have that interest. It's just yeah. um, they're doing the things that like, like some of the stuff he does, like this is the same thing I do. Like he takes us some of his hate, some of the things that, you know, he calls himself a theofascist. So he's been called that, but then he uses it as a badge of honor. I've done the same yeah. thing with heretic or you know, reprobate or one with Satan. That's why the name of the show is Apostates Anonymous. Right. But see, the difference is that or the Matt professor Walsh, of word vomit. Or yeah. Professor of Word Vomit. That's a good one. That's my That's favorite one. <laughs> There's so many. There's also I Worship My Own Wide Disease Asshole. That's a good one too. But so he does that kind of stuff. But what he's doing is he's he's punching down at the people who like non-binary people have higher rates of mental health issues and right. suicide and LGBT and TQ in general have those because culture and society marginalizes those people more often than others, right? That's right. And so he goes after them, whereas like I think what many of us do is punch up and go after the structures of society that continue to oppress those people. That's right. So then again, I ask, what about non-binary people are so threatening to the fragile white male? I don't get like, is it, is it, do you, are you afraid that, that your comeuppance is happening? That, uh-huh. that, you, and maybe that's, maybe that your fear of that is proof that what is being said is true. You have treated marginalized people in a bad way, black people, brown people, queer people. Mm-hmm. And, and so you're acknowledging <laughs> based on your fear of what happens if you get quote unquote replaced yeah. by those type of people. They, because because you have treated them that bad. And so the natural inclination is, oh, wow, are they going to turn it around on us when they right. are in control? Is it that? I mean, well, I don't know what's going on. I, I, 
I think that is a great question to ask. I mean, so, you know, I, I'm doing, I'm preparing for this debate with Dr. James White coming up in uh, about a month or so as, a, as we're recording this in Houston. And uh, we're debating biblical marriage, of course. And he takes this idea that. Uh, Where's my Peter Griffin? Oh my God, who cares? Yeah. yeah. Soundbite. But, no, but so I've been in researching to get ready for it. I've, he's, he's debated this. Uh, my opponent has debated this topic multiple times. And so I've, mm-hmm. I've watched some of these debates and I, I see him several times, you know, arguing in favor of what he calls biblical marriage, which is, of course, is only between a man and a woman, whatever, um, in his in his perspective. But then he will talk about he'll he'll make allusions. He'll never get specific, but he will make these allusions, these fear mongering things of like what will happen, this horrible thing that's going to happen if we allow gay people to if people of the same sex to get married. Right. There's some horrible thing that's going to happen. And. And yet he never tells you what it is that we're supposed to be afraid of. What is the horrible thing that we need to avoid or that's going to happen if we don't stop this now, right? And what I want to say, like the what just kind of pops into my mind when I was watching some of these and he makes these kind of like threats, basically, of like, oh, this horrible thing. I, I want to say like, oh, so you're afraid that some horrible things might happen. Like, are you afraid... That because of the because of whichever direction we land on this marriage conversation, that people I don't know might cut themselves, that teenagers might run away from home and live on the street and prostitute themselves so that they can afford to live on the street because they could, they're not welcome at home anymore. Are you afraid that people might I don't know start killing themselves, um, hanging themselves? You know, like taking their own lives because of all the, I mean, because that's what is happening right now. It's not something that might happen in the future. If something doesn't go your way, these are the things that are happening right now. Human beings are being oppressed. They are dying. They're suffering from emotional uh, and psychological, you know, pain. And so why aren't you concerned? Okay. So, so in other words, like, you know, Dr. White and people like Matt Walsh, I'm sure too, are like, Oh, this horrible, horrible thing might happen in the future. But what about where's your where's your human compassion and your Christian compassion for human beings who are right now, and many of them young people, who are suffering and yes, dying because of what is happening at this very moment? And why don't you mm-hmm. give a shit about that? That's my that's what I don't I understand. think they because they can what they do is then they leave it open ended so that they could blame anything that happens and shit's gonna happen. So if you leave it open ended, you could say, "Oh, this is because of the gays. Right. This is because Hur- of gay marriage." So if hurricanes, you could, tornadoes, you could, earthquakes, and you and you, we make those connections. <laughs> this is what we do as humans. Like we, we create. Like I think I've said it on this show, but I've said it before. Like that, there's no meaning to the world. Like there's no like we make the meaning. Right. Right. We create the meaning. Yes. So we're meaning making machines. I think yes. that's David Snarch to use his term. And so yeah. when we do that, oftentimes we create meaning where there is no meaning. Of course. A hurricane happens after an LGBTQ convention. Shit, I mean, it's just random shit happened at the same time. Yeah. And we but, say, see? But if there's a Republican see? National Convention in Florida during a massive hurricane, we, you know, those same people would never equate that. Like, oh. Because, no, they say it's God testing the faithful. Or it's, it's Satan. It's the enemy. It's, see, he doesn't want, he's trying to stop God us. T- so the enemy theologically, the we'll, we'll justify it however our theology of works. That's what we do. Yeah. And and so I mean I don't know where I was going with that. Well, you are right though. I want to go back to what you're saying before that too because um you are right that 
there is a there's a very real feeling that white male Christians especially have um, as they are li- as they're living in the world that we're living in and they're they're watching the culture shifting away from like so evangelical churches are shrinking um, congregations are getting smaller younger people are dropping out of the of the whole church thing um, they're seeing oh the, look they just built a, they built a brand new mosque on the corner there in the house in my hometown um, oh my gosh there's like gay and lesbian pride you know going on in my in my hometown um, and so it, all those things are indicators to them that their their power structure their position at the top of the heap where the things they believe the things they think the values that they hold dear are beginning to slowly uh you know fade away and there and that is threatening absolutely threatening i i i i say going back to even before obama was elected president um i remember having a conversation with wendy and saying i could just see it i could see like the day is coming when all of these white evangelical christians um because it's going to, it's inevitable it's going to happen right one day gay marriage will be legal now it is uh one day you know what i mean all these all these things are going to happen all all their privilege is going to they're going to start seeing their privilege slowly slip away and they're going to realize that they cannot legitimately politically you know, based on the constitution they cannot win that battle and they're they and they can see that they're starting to slip right their power structure is starting to slide mm-hmm. and when you feel number 1 you feel threatened. Number two, you feel powerless. There's nothing you can do to stop it. Then what you are going to do is you're going to lash out. And whether that's verbally on someone like this on a social media platform or on a, or on talk radio or whatever, but then that's eventually going to spill into some guy who happens to have a, he's a white guy and he's living in rural, uh, you know, middle America. And he sees these things going on and on and on. And he's listening to these kind of voices telling him, that the end is near and, and the civilization as we know it is collapsing and blah, blah, blah. And they're, again, they have no power. They have no like, well, what can I do to stop it? Well, well, apparently nothing. All I can do is sit and watch. But you know what? I got this 12-gauge shotgun, right? I know, I, I see where that mosque is. I see, I, I see where that gay bar is. I mean, how do you not, I mean, how do you not create that? That That is what is being created. Is like you're weaponizing these white... Christians who feel threatened and they can see that their structures are being threatened that, and, and they feel frustrated. What else can they do about it? Right. So sadly, some of them are going to, you know, be violent. Well, that's why people like Matt Walsh don't, when I say they don't create anything interesting, I don't mean they don't have a big following, they have a big following, but some people with the most followers, the most following are not interesting. They're not created. He just, people like him just rail against shit. Yeah, it's kind of like the whole Republican Party. They just, they just yell at others. They just yell at shit, and they <laughs> denounce shit. Like there's no idea. There's no interesting ideas. There's nothing. Right. There's nothing new. You coming out of certain. Yeah. There's nothing new. No create. No creativity. It's just certain people are just like banking on the already outraged that are you're mentioning white nationalist Christo yeah. Christo fascist whatever term you want to use. Um. Yeah. But I. But I, I, I would be remiss not to mention, like, I think a lot of these dudes are probably have a lot of repressed sexual identity or even gender identity. 
And I don't mean all of them. And I don't want to minimize things and say sure. the obvious, like how many, how many bigots are going to get popped for <laughs> gay this or gay that. Right. But it, it just seems like I, I'm a firm believer that a lot of people who say they're straight, I think sexuality is on a spectrum and you might be yeah. straight, but you're still maybe on a spectrum. And I think these people recognize that in themselves and they, they overcompensate for those, for those feelings that they deem are bad. They're from the enemy. This is not how God made me. Right. Um, it's an attack yeah. by, by Satan, whatever it is, or my fallen nature. Yeah. And, and they push those in and then they overcompensate and they like denounce it. Not because they actually care about people out there, but because they have to denounce it in themselves. And the way they do that is by yeah. denouncing it in others. Cause it's, it's hard work talk, you know, going through your own shit. It's yeah. easier to say, oh, you better, you're just a bunch of narcissists if you're gender nonconforming or non-binary. Yeah. And I'm like, you're yelling a lot about this, dude. What's going on with you? That, yeah, that's just, I, I, I have to go there sometimes. Like, what's yeah, going on no. with you? Yeah. Well, you know, I think you, that's a good point. I mean, when you are, if you are raised in a theological, you know, system that, has trained you that you're a worm, you're a wretch, God hates you, you're, you're, you're filthy, you're dirty. Sex is dirty anyway. I mean, hell, straight sex is dirty. Um, you know, you can hold your nose and, you know, maybe if you're married, you and your wife, but, you know, man, it's just like, it's still God, God's really against all this whole sex thing. Um, and then, well, he's really not in favor of, you know, same sex attraction or anything like, well, now you're really, now this is like over the top, uh, evil and sinful and, and it's an aberration, all that. And then when you when you recognize those tendencies in yourself, you already don't trust yourself, hate yourself, think you're a wretch and a worm and a slime. Now you add another layer to that of like condemnation. So yeah, then then it becomes it's a defense mechanism, right? Mm -hmm. Like okay, I I, I want to make sure no one thinks I feel this way, so I will be known as someone who really from the outside it really looks like I am against these people. I want nothing to. I am disgusted by these people. But what he, what you're really saying is I'm I'm disgusted that I am this way, but I'm just trying to make sure you don't ever think that I am, even though I know I am. I'm gonna deflect it on yeah, everyone it's total, else. Total, total yep. deflection, total deflection. And again, not in every case. Some people just genuinely are not. straight white assholes who hate people they don't think. Of like course them. not. Exactly. But, yes. But how many times, right? It happens so often. It happens right? there'll too be some, often. Like... There'll be some congressman who has like. Uh, spearheading legislation to make it illegal for gay people to kiss in public or something, and then it turns out, oh, he got he got caught in a, a hotel room with a, with a with a male prostitute or something. Yeah, and and again, like I don't want to, I don't want to say that in every case, obviously, because it's not true, and it also further demonizes the LGBTQ community right. because it's like a bunch of these crazy people, or I shouldn't say crazy either, but a bunch of these right wing blowhards are just gay and then we, we end up, you know, demonizing the, right. the community of which I'm one of. Yes. I, um, so I'm not doing that. I'm just saying like, there are, in, there's gotta be instances where it's like, damn, like you are talking about this way the fuck too much more than you're talking about non-binary people, more than non-binary people talk about themselves. Right. So there's the great irony in this. So what's like, just again, like who, who, who hurt you? <laughs> who hurt yeah, you man like again, you know, yeah i i don't I, yeah i mean going back to the original question like i mean i guess on one level i you know because i used to live in that evangelical christian world mindset i can understand on one level where they might why they might think 
that it's a bad idea for our society to be accepting of people who aren't, you know, uh, who aren't heterosexual, purely heterosexual, but that in some way that's sinful. Again, that's the, that's that, that's that underlying assumption of everything like that. That's the hardest thing I think to break with, with Christians, especially because like when I have talked to Christians directly or even, you know, again, getting ready for this debate, there's just this underlying assumption. Well, that's sinful. And so then what we're talking about is sin, but like, well, that well, hold on. You have assumed ahead of time that it's sin. And that's why you react this way to it. Well, this is just a sin issue. It's not a sin issue. You've made it a sin issue. What you're failing to recognize is that biologically, people are like just from a straight, like let's talk to a a biologist, right? Who who does research on human sexuality. And I've I've looked up some of these studies and it's like, you know, it's it's a spectrum. It just absolutely is a spectrum. When we say male and female, we know this, there's a spectrum of male, there's a spectrum of female, and even, and there's a spectrum in between. And so there's something like, I think, um, they've identified six major sort of sexes or genders, um, again, just from a scientific perspective. And even then they said, you know, you could, you could, uh, you could, you know, uh, break it down even more granular. In fact, one of the studies I read, the guy said, to be honest, there's something like 7 billion people in the world. He said, you know, honestly, you could probably break it down to 7 billion different genders because everyone is slightly different. Everyone is their own unique, you know, uh, uh, aspect of this. But for research purposes, they've, they've dropped them into six categories because it makes it a little bit easier to have. Well, let's only have six buckets, basically, when we're doing our research on, on this issue of sexuality and gender. But they, they, even then they recognize that, well, even though six are inadequate, there's still yeah, ranges and, within that. But I, and I think that's helpful to, dis- to distinguish, though, is that we're using these categories. We used to be two. Right. Uh, now we have six. Well, yep. in ancient Judaism, they understood six. So it's, and that's what I find things. fascinating. That yes, But, that, but it's only used for categories. It, it doesn't mean it's yeah, literally six, but it's, it's just a way to categorize things right. for, for, for sake of being able to talk about it. And we understand things are more granular. Yeah. But how, so cool, I like though, that. how cool, I like though, that, that like the, the, the scientists say they're six. And the Jewish ancient world said there was six. I just could be there coincidental. Yeah. Um, no, no, it's 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 God. It's God. It's a sign. It's God, it's a sign. God breathe. Let's go back to the sin thing. Um, so even if it's sin, doesn't the Bible say a lot more about dealing with your own shit? And that's the Matthew DiStefano paraphrase <laughs> translation, whatever you want to say. Yeah, but the yeah. plank in the eye and the speck and the judge, lest not ye be judged, and the Paul, Romans 1 to 2, therefore, it says a lot. It says a very, very little about sexual behavior, gender identity, yeah. really nothing. I mean, there's some stuff, um, but not in the way we talk about things today. And then there's a whole hell of a lot on yeah. kind of just like shutting the fuck up and doing your own thing and not worried about what other people are doing. Yeah, what's I was <laughs> yeah. trying to think of it. Yeah, there you're right, and well, and then that you're right. That is the other aspect of it too, where I'm just sort of like, why is it that you believe that you have someone's given you the authority and the right and the mandate that your job is to stand up and tell everybody else how they should behave and what they should do and how what they should should and shouldn't do and yep. like, okay, look, it's gotta man, be, it's got to be straight. It's got to be yeah. man and female. Gotta be, gotta be white and black. Cause I say so. Yeah. Cause it says in the Bible. 
Yeah. So, but, but again, that's the thing, like, you know, again, I, I just probably comes to the thing of like, well, you assume that we live in a Christian nation and that the Bible, the Bible should be our, you know, our framework and, and not the constitution. Um, but, but again, that in itself is a wrong assumption. We, this nation is not built on the Bible. So we're not, no one gets to say that our society has to conform to anything that the Bible says. Now, if you're a Christian and you believe the Bible, great. Then, okay, everybody in your church does this or does that based on the Bible. Great. Good for you. But you, what makes you think that you now have the right to go and tell everybody in your, in your community, everybody in this nation, we're talking Muslims, Sikhs, Buddhists, Hindus, non-believers, just everybody now suddenly has to do it because the Bible says. How would you feel if if somebody stood up and said, oh, you know what, um, now, now um, you know, let's say Muslims win more the majority of, of seats in the House or the Senate, and now, you know what, we have to live by the Quran, and we're going to start imposing the Quran on everybody. How would you feel about that, Right. Uh, would would you be well? You know, there's more of them than well, us. They, and I guess they tell no. They tell us how they feel about it when the Church of Satan pulls their stuff. Right, the the Baphomet statue. And then all, all of a sudden, stuff. they don't they don't like the freedom of religion because they, they don't they, want freedom of religion, dude. That kind of stuff pisses me off. Like, so I I I, have, I had fun one time. I would do it all the time. Anytime I see people sharing memes or or uh, posting things about you know, like so a lot of times people will say when. Uh, you know, bad things are happening, school shootings, whatever. It's because we took prayer out of schools. We should put prayer back in schools. Or like in Tennessee, they've actually passed laws saying in the public school system that there has to that they're teaching the Bible or they they'll have the now they're gonna have mm-hmm. prayer in school, all that shit. And it's like so I've got these memes I put together of showing like a Muslim kid praying on a prayer mat or like a Hindu kid um you know you know, like praying with a prayer wheel or something. And and I and what's the other one? Maybe a Buddhist kid praying, you know, kneeling before a statue of Buddha, and it says, you know, um, if you believe if you believe in uh, the freedom of prayer in schools, you know, share this meme because like hmm. that's not what they mean. That's they not don't, what they mean. No, they don't mean freedom of religion, and they don't mean prayer in schools in a general sense of including everyone in America because we all have different faiths here. No, no, no. They they mean only Christian prayer, only Christian. And, that, and it doesn't even enter their mind that when they pass laws like this, that they're opening the door for all the other religions to also say, oh, well, I guess I can now teach the Quran in my public class, or I can teach the Vedas, or I can teach whatever I want, you know? Because they're, again, because according to the Constitution, there shouldn't be. Unless, and this is what scares me, what you really want is a theocracy. You want, you want us to be, you want to replace the constitution with the King James Bible. You want us to be a theocracy and you want to impose, um, not Sharia law, but like, you know, Mosaic law. And the scary thing is, dude, there are people that do want that. And it used to be a fringe thing. Like five years ago, when I published Jesus Untangled, I was sort of warning against the dangers of where this might lead. And, and there were a handful of people that I could say, yep, they really do want this. Fast forward to today, and there are like so many high-profile people, both Christian uh, pastors and leaders and, and media people, as well as congressmen and senators sitting right now in Congress who absolutely will say, I'm a Christian nationalist. Absolutely. I want to impose a theocracy. 
and mm-hmm. with like, of course I do. Yes, this is the way it should be. Mm-hmm. They're they're not even uh, ironic about it. It's like, nope, that's exactly what we want, and no, that should scare the crap out of you. Yeah, they just got. I mean, they just have. There's a lot of people out there with some power, and they got bad ideas. Just bad ideas. <laughs> yes, it should, I mean it's just really, really bad ideas. I'd be willing to bet that your your Jesus untangled is your still sells pretty well. It does, but um, I the scary thing. I think it's gotten more relevant. It's that's what's scary about it. Yes. It's, it, that's what's really scary about it. Yeah. Because it came out when? What year? It came out. We released it on, you know how Ralph is about special dates, right? So it, yeah, well, it, it released on Donald Trump's July inauguration 4th. day. Oh, even better. Yeah. Oh, on 2016. Yeah. Oh, that's, well, and that's good. That's I mean, that's, cool. a, that's very synchronicity-ish. Yeah, absolutely. Um. Yeah, just. To hear him outright say, like, no, I, I am a Christian nationalist. I don't understand the problem with that, you know? Right. Oh, yeah. Like Marjorie um, Taylor Greene has flat out said yeah. she's a Christian and, nationalist. And Boebert said, you know, was basically the, all the separation of church and states. Right. Bogus. It was in some letter somewhere. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. They, they downplayed Okay, then which – so, okay, so you want to build it around. So what do you do if people are like, well, no, I'm not a Christian, so therefore I'm going to continue to practice Hinduism and Buddhism and – these are my values, and, and so so do they just say, well, we base the laws based on 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 what parts of the Bible? Well, the scary thing is, I have six hundred and thirty-one. How many laws of Torah? Are, I mean, are we now to observe and right? And then no, and I, then you know, so do, do we do we base our laws based on? I don't know, welcoming the immigrant and. Oh, the no, poor no. and the estranged. Sadly, that's not what they mean. That would the be the day great. of jubilee, forgiveness of forgiveness of debts every seven years. Uh, I don't know if the financial institutes are going to be too happy about that. What's that going to do the market? Right. Um, no. Well, I mean, I, I, you've probably seen this, but I've actually seen people on camera um, and on pod and listen to people on podcasts who will also flat out say that that they they're all in favor of and they they think we need to do this is to have blasphemy laws. And so if someone blasphemes Jesus or blasphemes God or the Bible, that's they will go Christ- to jail. Okay, 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 okay. That's not Christian. When is that Christian practice? Oh, it's not. Because if we want to be Christian, no, I want Lauren to hear this. I want Lauren it's to hear Bible. this. I know, I know you're listening. Yes, Lord. No, you say you want to be, you want a Christian nation. I'll give you a Christian nation. You have to read and understand the Didache, and we right. put into practice in laws the Didache and the Sermon on the Mount. There you go. Because that's how the Christians first practiced Christianity that's in right. the ancient world. That's true. And if you're not going to do that, I want you to sit down and I want you to shut the fuck up because <laughs> you're not you're like you're just blo- you're just bullshitting at this point to pander to your constituents. I yeah, almost no. said a, I almost said a, a bad thing. I, your constituents. So I, I just I think I just got an idea for a for, for a future sponsor. <laughs> It's basically like if you were going to impose, I love that. If you're really truly going to impose, like this is a Christian nation and we need to follow Christian laws. And and so starting immediately, um, if you own property and you see anybody poor, you must sell your house, sell your car and give the money to the homeless guy. Because that's, this is a Christian nation. We're a Christian nation, Dan. And we're proud Christians. If you have a gun, you're going to beat that thing into a plowshare right away. Because I love it. I, I can. I can imagine, dude. This has to be on YouTube. We have to make a um, a little thing for that. Like I slow motion flag waving. Flag waving. Yes. A patriotic oh, so music. So patriotic. Yes. And then if you we want to be a Christian, Christian 
you're going to beat your guns into plowshares and you're going to plant a crop. (laughs) And feed it to the homeless. That's right. If you see someone homeless on the street, you're going to sell your vehicle and give them the money. Because we are a Christian nation. Because this is a pussified liberal nation. This is a Christian nation. We're a Christian nation. That's right. No, dude, it's 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 the truth. Absolutely true. Be I a, love that. Be a Christ, then be a Christian nation. Be one. Then be based on what did the okay. So what was what does it mean to be a Christian in the in the ancient world? Study the Didache. Oh, Lauren, you've never read it. <laughs> it seemed yeah. to be very important to the early Christians, and they had a certain ethic. Have you studied the Sermon on the Mount? Let's let's introduce into law mm. the Sermon on the uh, laws based on the Sermon on the Mount. I, I demand, I demand, or, or plucking out your eyes if you look at women lustfully and things like that. Like yeah, your right. husband who <laughs> allegedly did some shit, he should probably be plucking some things. I don't then know what, know, but go pluck something. Some we need to have another sponsor that's an uh, a Christian eye plucker. <clears throat> it's a device. <laughs> it's a device for plucking out your eyes the way Jesus commanded. That's right. And then, it's, it's and then the, the next week will be, and then the, yeah, then then the next week will be an eye patch company. <laughs> yes, Christian eye patches <laughs> for all of you honest Christians out there. That's right, damn it! Cut the your hand off. At, yeah, the ones who are actually makes worried prosthetics, about their own shit. for your hands when you yeah, cut yeah, your yeah. hand off when it offends you. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to enter the temple next week? Well, we've got a prosthetic for you. <laughs> we know you're not a hypocrite, so you have both your eyes plucked out. That's we right. Know, of course. We know that. Of course. And, we, and, you, and you bought one of our blindfolds with the promo code <laughs> Mark9. And uh, you are. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. See, that's great. This is how we come up with these ads, people. We're getting that's you right. a sneak peek behind the curtain. Just, how, just push how the it to the absurd. Ab- made. Push it to the absurd, to the extreme. No, I think that's, but that's exactly right. And that's the point. So, but here's the, here's the point behind what we're saying. All of these people saying that they want us to be a Christian nation or that we that we are a Christian nation, they really, really don't want us to be a Christian nation. That no. is not, they, they use that word, but that is not what they mean. They don't mean Christ-like. They don't mean Jesus-like. Like, let's model our, 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 our ethics after Jesus. None of them are going to argue and fight and, and protest to get the, the Sermon on the Mount, you know, a, a plaque with a sermon on the mount put in front of the, the courthouse or hung up you know uh in in the courtroom or something that they're they're not they they they're not they don't want that at all they don't want they don't want your kids in elementary school standing up you know uh in, at the beginning of the day and after they pledge allegiance to the flag recite the sermon on the mount the beatitudes they don't want that's not what they want i wouldn't even i wouldn't even say they're biblical either no. they they use the bible to cherry i mean because like the if they were biblical like there's no one in the Bible as absurd as these people, right? <laughs> none yeah. of the none of the people in charge, even like none of the kings or rulers, like yeah, maybe some of them, but these people, like in today's modern evangelicalism, some of these what we would call fringe ten years ago, yep, these people are so far out there. They don't well, even want a biblical world, no, because there's so much justice for the poor, and there's too much justice for the poor in the Bible, right. They do want some of the crazy shit in the Bible. No, they but, but they want yeah, they want to they want to, again getting back to not helping people who are suffering who are in need, not that kind of mm-hmm. biblical stuff, but mm-hmm. more about um it basically imposing upon other people's behaviors and beliefs. Um you know, you can't have a, you can't commit adultery, you can't you can't get a divorce. Uh you can't use you can't be blaspheming, you can't have same-sex uh relationships. 
it's more about imposing your will and your framework on other people who are not Christian to get them to pretend to be Christian. And you know why? Just because it makes Christians more comfortable. Like it's basically, you know what, I'm, it offends me. It, it bothers me when I go out and I see two women holding hands or two men holding hands and, or, or I don't, it really bothers me if I'm driving down the street and I see a mosque on the corner, like, oh, I just, I don't like that. So you know what, everybody here, everybody get together. Here's what we want. Here's what I want you to do. Could you all just pretend to be Christian? Could you, could you act? I know you're not Christian, but could you just pretend to be Christian? Cause it, it makes me feel so much better. You know, otherwise I have to go, I have to go shopping at a Christian grocery store. I have to go, I have to take my family bowling to the Christian bowling alley, but I don't want to do that. You know, so could there just be everybody everywhere, just pretend, act Christian, just act Christian. And, and then everything will be fine. There'll be no problems. That's really what they're saying. We need to have a whole series of sponsors that are just like (laughs) Christian grocery stores. Just Do you need Christian lettuce? That yes, we don't. We don't want that devil's romaine. That's right. <laughs> I hope you get your Christian milk from a Christian crowd, son. You know, come on. You you better be bowling a Christian ball down that lane. <laughs> That's right. When you hit well, a strike, you better have ten pins of glory. That do you remember that there also used to there literally used to be they don't make them anymore, but I wish they did because they're hilarious. Uh, like those Christian breath mints, testaments. I've heard of testaments. Yeah, testaments. Because you know, I hope you're not freshening your breath with a secular mint, brother. No, I freshen no, my breath with the stench of the devil on you. That's right. I only freshen my breath with Christian mints. <clears throat> yes, and, and I- honestly, that's why. Like <laughs> to talk about choir for a second, which I know, like choir was founded as a kind of Christian publishing company in a way, but not. I mean, it, you know, the good Christians, the good kind, <laughs> the one we all aspire to be. Yeah, the no, inclusive. Huh? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bearing, so I get it. But yeah. that's why we're eliminating that language from I'm we're just a publishing company. That's right. it. Yeah. You could be a Christian. We'll publish a lot of Christians, I'm sure. But yeah. we're a publishing company. And so I've always been turned off by Christian this, Christian that. No, yeah. you just be just be the thing you are. And if you're a Christian, that's cool. Just but but just be the good thing you are. Be a comedian, not a Christian comedian. Be in Thank a you. band. Don't yeah. be in a Christian band. Right. No, I totally agree. Uh, that's totally where I am. I, I'm, I'm totally against this whole, I, I, the way I look at it is the kind of thing you're talking about. It's, it's, um, and I used to work in this whole, there's a whole industry around this, like a Christian subculture, right? I used to work in the oh, Christian sure. music industry. And right. the whole thing was there were Christian record labels that signed Christian bands and we sold into Christian bookstores and our target audience were soccer moms. Um, and, you know, there's this. There was an entire industry built around a, a bubble. We invented a but version. Almost, yeah, we invented it, a it, version it, it, of the world yeah. that was Christian, so that Christians could feel comfortable. And and, and it was copied, but it was copied from the real world. So you right. had your you had your Christian version of fill in the blank, Pearl Jam, whatever right. band. It, yeah, exactly. We literally had a poster, dude. There was, we we published a poster and we sent it out to bookstores, and it was like a it was a comparison chart. If if your son yeah. or daughter likes Pearl Jam. You'll like. like Petra, which was bullshit because, yeah. of course, they are no, not even close. But by the way, interesting thing, when I did work in that in that industry, um, like we, we we could never figure out why because we were into the music, right? The guys I worked with at Diamante Music, uh, we were all into like like really cool. There there is like a there are some actually some really cool, um, legit like really great like alternative uh, bands and stuff. 
that um, that were sold in this industry. And I know a lot of these guys are friends of mine. And there um, were and, some. There were yeah, some. but they, but they, and they're, and they were in that industry also, kind of like, you know, kind of like gritting their teeth, like, yeah, I would rather just have my record sold, you know, in the record store, but mm-hmm. whatever. So anyway, but um, anyway, I remember we were we were trying to figure out one time because for the longest time, bands like Petra were the the number one selling rock band in Christian music. And they suck. Mm-hmm. Okay. They're, they're crap. But there are other bands that were like, damn, these, this album is freaking awesome. Like these guys are really legit. They're really good. They're not cheesy. They're not stupid. They're not. So what we yeah. figured out was we finally solved the mystery. The reason why Petra sold number one in rock was because kids weren't buying the record. Grandma was buying the record to give to Johnny because Johnny was listening to Nirvana and Pearl Jam and you know rage against the machine or whatever and so they were like here johnny merry christmas happy birthday here's the new petra record mm-hmm. uh, and so that's why because again who shops here's your, in those here's Christian your new pod album yes the 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 people who shopped in those christian bookstores where that music was sold were not teenagers with rings in their nose and tattoos looking to buy that music it was grandma or or mom buying it for their kid so that's why it was selling so well, right? It wasn't selling because it was the best or it was great. It was selling that way because it, it was it was being sold as an alternative to something else, right? What's funny about all the all the bands, I don't know about all of them, but a lot of bands that were in like the Christian, like Tooth and Nail, yeah. um, Solid State, yes. labels like that, like they became less and less Christian. Like Hope's Fall was like a Christian metalcore oh, yeah. band. They were a non-Christian band by the end of it. Under Oath, same thing. Yeah. Number one gun, even from my town. I know those guys. Like, yeah, but MXPX, I was like, who, MXPX also who's of, in that band? And I was like, wait, none of the none of those guys are Christians, man. I yeah. know them. Like, yeah. we we all know they're not a Christian band anymore, but they're on Tooth and Nail. Yeah, and it's like, well, maybe one of the guys is Christian, but the, like, yeah, I know these dudes. Like, they, so I I knew a Brandon Ebel um, who started Tooth and Nail. Uh, his first sales conference at Diamante because Diamante where I worked distributed tooth and nail. Right. So mm-hmm. I moved from El Paso to, to Southern California. I, my very first sales conference working at Diamante was also tooth and nails first debut sales conference. Right. Wish uh-huh. for Eden was the first record that they put out. And uh, anyway, Brandon and I got to be friends and he would take me with him when he would go to different, like the whiskey, a go, go. And, um, you know, all these, the Roxy and all these little places to, to check out bands to, to sign. Right. Uh, he's, a, he also took me to the green room recording studio. First time I ever got to see the green room, uh, in Huntington beach, which was a dream. It was awesome. Um, but anyway, yeah, Brandon, Brandon was what I liked about what he did. He was looking first for, is it a good band? Right. Mm-hmm. It's not, well, how, what are your lyrics like? And what's your walk with Jesus? You know, it wasn't like he wasn't, he wasn't trying to create, to sign bands, there were going to be some sort of like uh, role models for the Christian industry. It was all he cared about was, you know, do they, do they draw a huge crowd? Are their songs really good? Are they good musicians? Right. Is this a, is this a solid band? Are they willing to tour? Okay. You're signed. I mean, yeah. I mean, if, if one of one or two of them were Christian, I mean, that's how he would hear about them. Mm-hmm. Um, but he wasn't concerned about any other stuff. The only thing he was really concerned about was if they had a lyric on one of their songs that you know had profanity or something, then he'd be like, "Well, like, change that for the record. You know, do it live, whatever you want. But like on the record, you can't have that because I can't sell it." But, um, but I mean, I, I really liked the way Brandon approached it. And um, to be honest, just from a marketing standpoint, 
I, I, I kind of uh, have adapted some of his ideas uh, for choir because I think he did a really great job um, establishing the label tooth and nail, right? So to the point, to the degree where people eventually would like, if a new band put out a new record, if it was from tooth and nail, they just buy it because yeah. oh, it's, it's going to be great. It's going to be good. Yeah. All my friends with solid state did the same thing. Like they knew right. every solid state band, which that's right. basically was the imprint. Of, <laughs> that's right. It was like the hardcore imprint. Right. And that's what I want choir to be. I want choir to be a publisher. That's like, you know, that we establish our, and, I, and here's the thing, Ralph's already been doing this. Uh, and I've told Ralph. I think like, Ralph's dude, already done it. Like, yeah, he's I, been doing that. And everyone, everyone on the choir roster has come through in some way. Like, oh, these are cool people. Yeah. yeah. And so like um, the other day I was talking, uh, I should drop the name, but I was, I was talking to someone very famous who is an author who is not with choir. And I approached him about, you know, like doing a forward or doing a project. And what it was really beautiful was he came back and said, oh, I know choir. Yeah. You guys are doing great work. Um, and hey, you know, let, let's stay in touch. I'm, I'm interested in, you know, let's uh, working together in the future or something. And so I love that. I love that choir is doing that. Choir is starting to make a ripple. They're making an impact. People are starting to notice, oh, choir. Yeah. You guys start saying we are. Not we are. are. Yeah. Yes. Now it's we, we are. are. It is we now. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So I love that. I mean, I, you know, you, you want to be able to be known for putting out quality product that speaks to a variety of people. Um, that's why we're kind of moving away from the, you know, like having our website say, you know, uh, one message, what is it? Many voices, one message, Christ, you know, is, Christ, all. Yeah. Christ is all. Not that I don't personally believe that, but again, I don't want to assume that or impose that upon everything that we I don't, produce. Yeah, I don't want to impose my theology on the company I run. That's like, right. You can believe that or you cannot believe that. That's right. And it's going to be a long conversation on what we even mean by that. <laughs> and That's right. I, and so it's more like, no, the many voices, one message thing is more about like allowing all the voices that we have to speak the message of like empathy, compassion, listening yeah. to one another, listening to interesting people. Yeah. You can call that a part of Christ or you can call it something else. You can call it just being a good human being. Right. And I'm less and so. less, there's just for my, and you know, and we've talked about this before, but for me personally, I'm less and less concerned about like i have to protect christianity no, i have to be a gatekeeper for the movement like no it's kind of i feel like it's run its course and uh i'm not i'm not interested in keeping that thing going um and so i i appreciate i i guess i should say it like this i learn from people no matter what they're particular belief system or, or doctrines or faiths is right. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm learning things from like Khalil Gibran, uh, the prophet I'm learning from Rumi. I'm learning from Bart Ehrman. I'm learning from, uh, like we're putting, I'm, I'm so proud choirs putting out this new book from, uh, Maria Francesca French. Her book is called safer than the known way. And it's a post-Christian book. And I'm so excited that choir gets to put out a book that's a, from a post-Christian perspective, because there is so much wisdom there. There's so much we can learn from it. It doesn't mm -hmm. have to be branded Christian in order for it to have value or to have something that we can learn from it. And I, I, I so I know that for myself personally, um, I've broadened my, you know, expanded my horizons of what I think is helpful and useful for my life. And so I want choir to be open to publishing anything and everything that, um, that has something like that of value for people. So I, I'm hoping that that's what we're going to 
we're going to be able to do that. That's the plan, Stan. Oh, yeah. That's what we're doing. And get ready. There's so many cool things coming we can't even talk about. Yeah. What what can we talk about? We can remind people that uh, Choir Classics is on its way. That is true. Yes. Um, we're launching with... Have we told them what the first three books are going to be? Go ahead and do that. Okay. So... The first three titles, probably in about another couple of weeks, you'll start seeing uh, some advanced teasers on this, but uh, oh, the covers look amazing. Uh, we're going to launch with three titles, right? So the uh, the first three titles will be Alice in Wonderland and Through the Looking Glass by Lewis Carroll with a forward by David Bentley Hart. Um, Boom. Just let that sink in for a second. We are publishing sounds, something with David Bentley Hart. That sounds Bentley-Hart. nice. It, it does, nice. doesn't it? Yeah, it's really cool. And uh, yeah. and then you are writing the foreword for a book uh, that J.R.R. Tolkien provided the preface for, and actually helped put the put together. It's a it's a collection of poetry from a friend of his. Uh, it's called mm-hmm. The Spring Harvest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're trying to do a little more obscure things and popular things, and that's right. That one meant a lot to me. And then we're finishing it off with a foreword by you for The Kingdom of God Is Within You by Tolstoy. By Leo Tolstoy. Yeah, which is one of my favorites. I, I love, love that book. I remember when I first read it. Did you that know book, that War of Peace, the original title was going to be War, What Is It Good For? Bullshit. You don't remember that Seinfeld episode? <laughs> where, where Elaine... Good God! What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. God, I, I still watch Seinfeld all the time. It's so oh, I love Seinfeld. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> and um, then there's more coming. We, we haven't announced, but I mean... yeah. The goal is we want to get very interesting people um, to write the forwards to these classic uh, titles. And again, we're going to jump around. You're going to see we're going to publish like, you know, Alice in Wonderland. It's like a kind of a children's fantasy thing. But we're also po- publishing poetry. We're publishing um, like nonfiction. Well, no, this uh, is this is the like- cool part of what we're doing is that you're not just when you buy the classics book, you're not just getting something in a series that's going to look really good. Yeah. But so now you're getting to read... And this was intentional. You're getting to read Through the Looking Glass and Alice's Adventures in Wonderland after you read David Bentley Hart's Forward, which is going to tease out a lot of stuff that we're not going to notice if we just read it. That's right. And then you could read it through that context and you can read it anew. So I think that's the cool thing about a lot of this is like, I get to read these books with the help of someone who is writing like a really powerful forward, which will be unique on the marketplace. Exactly. Yeah. Super excited about that. That's just Super one exciting. thing we can tell you. It's very, just very one. cool. One of many. And that's all oh. you're going to get today, folks. That's right. So all right. please rate and review. We'll see you on the other side. Hopefully not the other side. The other, other side. <laughs> well, no, I on do hope I see you on the other side. Episode. Why? But I don't want to get to the other I, side I, just yet. <laughs> not yet. But if, if you get there and I'm not there, you'll be like, oh, shit. <laughs> Might want to reevaluate some theological things here. Oh, yeah. All right. Matt didn't make it. All right. Rate and review. Tell your friends. Share far and wide. Shout yeah. out to all the other Choircast uh, podcasts out there. Give them a listen. The link in the show notes. Love y'all. See you next Love time. You. See you.